the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your best financial partner. This is Business 1440. KYCR, Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar is using his letter of resignation to condemn the assault on the U.S. Capitol last week. Here's correspondent Tim McGuire. In his resignation letter to President Trump, Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar writes, The attacks on the Capitol were an assault on our democracy and on the tradition of peaceful transitions of power that the United States of America first brought to the world. He called on Trump to continue to condemn unequivocally any form of violence, to demand that no one attempt to disrupt the inaugural activities in Washington or elsewhere, and to continue to support unreservedly the peaceful and orderly transition of power on January 20th. Azar also wrote that the actions and rhetoric following the election threatened to tarnish the accomplishments of the administration. Tim McGuire, Washington. And this is SRN News. We're here with another satisfied JTR roofing customer. What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced. Why did you choose JTR Roofing? After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering, as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR. What did you think of the work JTR did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. It's the King Banyan Show. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Just say what you got, man. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. It's the forecast show. This is hour two of the forecast show. In the first hour, we looked at the last bits of 2020, and we've established that uh, we've established a, a baseline here. GDP growth in 2021 will be strong, I believe, even greater than five percent. This bill that. were that they're likely to start uh, passage of in in the House of Representatives on Tuesday. Um, 
contains a large amount of unemployment benefits, um, a, a, a tax rebate check or some kind of check to go forward, relief for the households, and oh, by the way, a $15 minimum wage. Um, and that's, uh, and that's, uh, all that's in there, $1.85 trillion. There is some money indeed. Um, I was trying to figure out how much it was. And I think we figured out, uh, finally 160 billion to fund national vaccination, vaccination program, expanded testing, more gear and supplies. I'll be blunt. Of the things that uh, I wish had happened in 2020, that 160 billion should have been in some of the of the three trillion dollars that we've we've spent so far. That should have been in there already, 160 billion dollars, and that got squeezed out for all manner of nonsense that got put in its place. Why? Because very simple story in economics, I learned it from reading Mansur Olson and from my my uh, dissertation advisor and, and professor uh, Tom Willett when I was a student at Claremont. Um, that things which are of benefit to a broad variety of people but impose a cost on a small number of people will lose special interest, trumps general interest every time is the short version. It's an oversimplification of Mansur Olson's uh, thesis in The Logic of Collective Action, which is a book I read when I was in grad school, which was a very long time ago. Forty. This had been 40 years ago now. But I think it's a very fundamental point. And I expect that when this bill gets passed, if it gets passed, and I question whether it will get passed, that $160 billion will be a much smaller number. They will find efficiencies. They will look for ways to to, um, move some of that money around so that special interests can capture more of it and the general interests can capture less. Because it's the special interest that wins the day. Um, Okay, because the people who... that like you and me they're just like when am I getting my shot we don't have enough influence to change that outcome so I don't I don't know when this passes and again I don't think it matters terribly much uh, we are playing before the break we are playing a little bit this was Austin Goolsby yesterday on the Hugh Hewitt show on our sister station AM 12A The Patriot where you hear Mitch, Mitch Berg uh, today at 1 o'clock uh, uh he calls himself the headliner of the Narn. Well, there's a reason I'm first. I set the table. Okay, and the ta- and the ta- and the table and setting the table with with some clips here from Hugh's show yesterday with Austin Goolsby. Uh, this would be cut number three, if I remember right, uh, Wyatt. Um, let's go ahead and play that clip. There's always a trade-off between the bang for the buck effectiveness and can you get the money out the door quickly? So you can say, well, I want to have more conditions on who gets the money, but you can't say I want to have more conditions on who gets the money and I want the relief to get out there right away because we're in the middle of the crisis. So, all right, don't just stand there, do something. Um. Well, oftentimes when I hear people say, don't just stand there, do something, I think to myself, well, what would happen if I just said, don't do something, just stand there and see what happens? Look, they're going to add, they're going to add additional unemployment insurance or add weeks to the, to the extended unemployment benefits. We knew, we observed that when people's unemployment insurance ran out in September, the $600 checks Remember those? 600 a week in some cases? When those ran out, all of a sudden there were a lot more people filing claims of unemployment insurance. There were all of a sudden a lot more people in the labor force. And there was this pickup in activity at that time. And you're going to hear over the next few weeks and months people like 
schools be, saying, you know, the evidence isn't really that big. Just in the last 15 minutes, uh, uh, in my in my uh, newsreader that, that I use to uh, aggregate the blogs I like to read, uh, Casey Mulligan, who was on the Council of Economic Advisors for, Pres- for, for President Trump, um, calls this calls calls this the fallacy of the heap okay they will t- trot out a study that will tell you there's no statistically significant effect of unemployment benefit bonuses on gdp or on employment they'll trot out a study that says food stamp benefits have no negative effect on employment or gdp okay they will bring all of that they will bring all of that back mulligan and others have done research that shows well a lot of the stuff is just redistribution and it doesn't actually and it actually has a dead weight cost um and he writes you know so you're going to get the obamacare subsidies rental assistance is going to going to increase they're going to put the minimum wage up to $15 and that's the one that gets really sticky and probably I need to spend a little time on then then a new income tax a, 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 is not going to have uh, is a, a negative income tax isn't going to have any impact on employment or GDP well we'll we'll, we'll see a little bit about that um, Mulligan's example I thought which I was reading during the break was just is just perfect and I and, and, and I've done this. I know I've done this in a classroom. Every Econ 101 teacher, I'm, I'm reading Mulligan now, every Econ 101 teacher has to confront this fallacy, the fallacy of the heap. Inevi- invariably, every class has a student pushing back on the law of demand. Raise the price of a car by a penny, and that will not stop anyone from purchasing the car. The teacher has to say, okay, let the seller raise the price $10,000, just one penny at a time. Each penny increase has no effect on sales, therefore $10,000 has no effect on sales. If you raise the minimum wage in some states from 750 or 765 to $15, that's not comparable to the studies that have been done that show, well, there was really no statistically significant effect on the minimum wage in this area. Well, let me Let's break that down for a moment for you. First of all, we don't get to we don't typically get to um, really create a laboratory in which we can study minimum wages. We have to use observational data. We have to use the data that's out in the world, see what happens after there's a change, and say and then try to figure out whether the change we saw caused what we observe. The problem with that is. You have to change. You have to use these magic words, and this is something I would teach. We, we're in the beginning of a spring semester here at St. Cloud State. Many universities are starting spring semester this past week or next or next week after the MLK holiday. Um, somewhere in those first two weeks, we teach in the in that Econ 101 class these words: ceteris paribus. Ceteris paribus, or or if you or if you like the Latin, or if you like church Latin, ceteris paribus. Okay, if you, for those of you that go to Latin mass, um, and it simply means all other things being equal. I have to hold everything else equal in order to make that claim. Well, the fallacy of the heap that that uh, that uh, Mulligan is referring to is the fallacy that somehow. I can take a small change in minimum wages in a limited area at one time and say, well, if I made this 25-cent change in the minimum wage and it really didn't do anything, or this 50-cent change in the minimum wage, and it doesn't really look, and I can't find a statistically significant difference, well, then I can raise the, I can raise the minimum wage by $5 and it won't do anything either because it didn't do anything here. Well, the, you know, as I like to as I like to tell my more advanced students, there's nothing there's nothing that says God made the world linear. There are discontinuities. There are there are there are second derivatives, if you must use the calculus term. 
there are all kinds of things that cause cause things to appear not to be linear and all of a sudden you get dramatic shifts because you hit that one point that causes us to really move stuff and this particular point this is kind of one of the hardest things to get my principal students to understand this concept of ceteris paribus is a mental exercise to get out of your head the the confounding third effect when i tell people an increase in in the price lowers the quantity demanded of a good i'll always get the what about this what about that what about the other thing and i always say nope ceteris paribus says you have to hold all those other things constant you can't change income you can't change taste you can't change the price of any other good that's out there you can't change income you can't change the place you're looking at and the time you're looking at. You have to, and you have to do that all inside your head. And that is the training that, that economic thinking gives you. And when we build a forecast and say, well, this happened at that time, so that's what's likely to happen here, you have to ask, are the conditions identical to the thing I'm trying to make the comparison to? I mentioned this, I used those words in a, in a tweet this morning at Pound KBRS that, I, that helped me illustrate this point. I'm seeing people post things about the United States is vaccinating places so slowly. Look at this. Look at Israel. Look at Bahrain. Look at, you know, and every place they choose is a small state. Israel is the largest of the ones they're showing me. The UAE is smaller, Bahrain's smaller. And you can't put the center as, you know, if I try to say center as paribus and say, well, the United States is identical to Israel. No, it's not. It should be evident to anybody that distributing a vaccine in a country like Israel is very different than, than it is here. And it's not just because we have different healthcare systems. It's the geography of the place. The geography of Israel makes it very easy to get to 25% vaccination in the matter of weeks. And it makes it very hard to get to even 5% vaccination in the United States. Could we do better? Yeah, probably. I can think of reasons why we might do better. But just to say, well, we should be at the level of Israel, look at Israel, is a completely ignorant statement you know, because you're not paying attention to, to these all other things need to be equal. And that is the, you know, I often tell people I'm an evangelist for economic thinking. I'm an evangelist for getting, getting your young high schooler to go study economics at college. Not to be a major, though they should be. I would love them to be a major. I'd love them to come here at St. Cloud State. Yes, I would. But regardless what our folks who are economics professors, be it, be it at my school, at your school, at any school, what what part of a good economic training is is to do that piece? What are the other things we're trying to hold equal as we look at this relationship? And when I hear the students say, what about, it means, well, no, no. You're walking outside of the conditions under which we try to do our thinking. Well, those things matter. Yes, I realize they do. But that is part of the exercise. That's how you have to, that's part of how you have to learn. All right, we'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Business 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. Many people are searching for the right 401k decisions within these crazy markets. Are you looking for a local community of investors with the right skills that could help build confidence? Make better financial decisions right here in the Twin Cities because you are the best steward of your own money. Call OTA today to learn more in our free introductory investing class, either in center or virtually at 952-814-4410, 952-814-4410, or go to learnwithota.com. 
Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Akal. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I am proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And of I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Kickstart your weekdays with financial guidance from some of the best in the business, like Bill Gunderson, Dave Ramsey, the hosts of Bloomberg, and many more. The economic insights and investment strategy you need every day. This is Business 1440. <laughs> Welcome back, King Daniel Show, Business 1440. Thank you for listening, having some fun today. It's the forecast show. What happens to uh, to GDP? Well, we've said that. We think it's going to be north of 5%. That implies, by the way, that the, that the rate of unemployment at, toward the end of, at the, in December of this year should be around 4.25%. Think about that. Not the threes that we had before. I don't think it will get all the way to there. But an unemployment rate will be around around 4%. Now, that probably means, that probably means that we'll be talking at the end of 2020 about when does the Fed take off about, um, take off and fix uh, and get off the, uh, the, virtuals uh zero lower bound of interest rates well before they get there the things we'll have to look for are changes to the asset purchasing program or the quantitative easing program that they're in right now the hundred the hundred and twenty billion dollars a month they're adding to to the balance sheet that would have to slow well before that i expect that will happen sometime in the late summer um, as longtime listeners of the show know, every, every August there is a conference in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which I believe will be in person this year. I think the vaccines and the pandemic will be at such a point that they'll be able to hold it there, perhaps with a limited number of guests, perhaps, uh, as perhaps almost certainly simulcast using, uh, zoom or some other technology um that will allow people around the world to participate i expect that to happen because i still think there'll be some travel restrictions in the summer but i expect that at that time that's usually a good time for the fed to signal changes in policy that are forthcoming and it would be the logical point at which the Fed would start to signal tapering off additional additional balance sheet expansion. Now, by then, 
the balance sheet that's already at seven trillion will be at eight. Um, and I expect by the end of the year it will be north of eight, but I don't think it will reach. It won't reach to nine by then. But it's an enormous balance sheet, and this leads to a lot of conversation regarding um, re- regarding what happens to inflation. And I just saw a. a a tweet from one of our listeners asking, so what do you think is going to happen? Well, I'll stick this in right here. I believe inflation is an issue going forward. The piece of our data that I did not put in place was that CPI and PPI uh, both rose more than expected, although if you looked at the core numbers, you can manage the numbers in such a way that you would have determined that the Fed is not having, um, that the that that the Fed is not getting a signal yet that inflation is at the level they want. Remember, they've said they want to see inflation above 2% for some time. And my my expectation is they will not move interest rates in 2020, or excuse me, in 2021. But when we get to the end of 21, my expectation is that the conversation will be about when are we going to move them. So that rather than thinking it's not going to happen until 2023, there will be substantial discussion of whether or not it moves to 2022. Now, um, last night while I'm while I'm doing some do, doing some uh, working out in my basement last night, I'm listening to the latest uh, the latest uh, Dividend Cafe from uh, from from David Bonson, and Bonson has a whole piece about the fact that that in his mind the money supply does not changing the money supply does not change inflation. And he says changes in the money supply do not change inflation, and the reason for that is the thing in the middle, velocity. Well, it's worth remembering, right? Uh, velocity is simply the number is basically just a number. It's the it's the it's the ratio of nominal GDP to the money supply. So when you rapidly inject a whole bunch of money into the system and you don't get inflation, the answer is that must mean that velocity fell. Which means that, but think about what that period was. In that period, there was a huge increase in the demand for, for, uh, for precautionary balances. Right? That huge increase, that huge increase, uh, in, in the desire for precautionary balances was because at in March and April we saw a couple of things. One, we saw like a like a almost like a mini flash crash in in the uh, money market in, in in the money market funds um, in high in in very short term securities. I'm still trying to get my arms around what exactly happened in that in those couple days in the middle of March, right around the time that the lockdowns began. But there was clearly a very significant market event at that time. And when I can figure out how to explain it to you here, I will, or I'll find a guest who can do it for me in a way that I think would help explain it. Uh, I've had a couple people try to explain it to me, and at the end I'm like, even I'm not getting this, so I'm not sure how my listener is going to get it. I don't think I'm going to be the idiot in this conversation. Um, so, but we know that velocity fell, and Bonson says correctly, increasing the money supply does not change velocity. What changes velocity? People's behavior. Right now, people are taking that extra money and putting it into risk assets like growth stocks and real estate because the banks aren't paying them anything. And they need to find a way to get a return. So they're buying risk assets, very risky assets, because there's no place else to go because they can't buy goods and services. If you agree with me that the vaccine distribution process is moving along pretty well, could be better, could be faster, but by the third quarter of this year, a lot of things that we uh, haven't been doing we're going to do that that crouch that we're in or wondering whether or not the place we want to go to will even be open i think in 6 months that's that's going to be a memory 
that's not going to be our the, that's not going to be the reality we live in 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 July and August. And at that point, all of that money that had moved into risk assets, some of that's going to be taken off the table. I mean, I think people are going to take vacations. I think people are going to are going to. I I I love the idea of I, I would like myself, in fact, to rent an RV and go drive down south. I mean, my my wife and I are both folks who are who are you know sort of like we've got friends who are retiring or we're thinking to ourselves would when we retire which is no time soon but just because I've got too many things to do but when I retire would I like to live down south my answer is I don't know I've never spent any time down there I, I, I maybe I should go find out so I I'm I'm thinking about doing doing the drive across America with a with a trailer or something and and trying to f- figure out what 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 that's like but my point is That velocity of money will increase, and if we're not producing at five, six, seven percent GDP, that trickles into inflation. I think nominal GDP is going to grow at eight to nine percent in the upcoming year, and I'm surer about that than the real number. And I think that means that the inflation rate is north of two percent by the end of 2020. And that's why the Fed will be having the conversation. Is it time? I think that rate will be above two and a half, above two percent by spring. And if that if that comes to pass, what you'll see is a tapering of the purchases in in QE. Probably not till late third quarter, early fourth quarter. And by December, January of 21 and 22, the discussion about when do we move off of the, of the lower bound, the, uh, the Fed funds rate off the lower bound, will be in full swing. I'm already planning to be at the next American Economic Association meeting because I'm, I'm, I'm betting rent money that, that that's the speech where we're going to find, we're going to get the tip on when they're going to move on that. So to answer the question in the in in our in our Twitter feed, that's the moment. Okay, it will happen because I don't believe I don't believe all the money that's in risk assets right now will stay there. That means the stock market gets softer. Okay, that also means because the dollar's depreciated. That's going to give that's going to give some room for extra inflation in the United States because the price of uh, imported goods is going to rise, and I think that I, I think that that runway is a path to seeing in, inflation running north of two percent this year. So above five percent in GDP, above two percent inflation, unemployment running around four and a quarter percent by by December. That's what I see as the broad outline here. Let's talk about a couple risks to that forecast. We'll talk after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com HR. That's bamboohr.com HR. 
This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409-800-439-7409-800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. We're here with another satisfied JTR Roofing customer. What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced. Why did you choose JTR Roofing? After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that we're offering, as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR. What did you think of the work JTR did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. By the way, Don, the answer to your last question is, uh, my job does not require me to be in a fixed place. I'm learning that more and more. That's Think about that. That's what we learned this year. I was able to do, I mean, for some of us, I mean, and, it, and this is part of that K-shaped recession. For some of us, our job can be done pretty much from anywhere. I don't have to change jobs to change locations. But you know, for someone like my son, who's a chef, kind of got to be there. It's kind of hard to use Zoom to prepare a meal. Um, so that's a that's a that's a it's a great question, but the answer is the answer is the answer is no. So six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. You might consider this a, an optimistic forecast, but the optimism comes with that 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 hint. If I think in that I believe inflation happens. Now, you might ask, why do I think the inflation happens? One of them is, of course, I think consumers will be. I think there's been so much money thrown into the economy. I mean, my gosh, if you look at if you look at just these checks that have gone out, if you pass the Biden plan with the additional fourteen hundred dollars, that's $900 billion of deficit spending that simply checks going to individuals. $900 billion. And you're like, and so the question is, who's going to stay, who's going to say stop? Because you're proving you can do it and you're willing to do it. Basically, all of the discipline that had kept, kept uh, politics from just writing massive checks to people over and over again, have all come down. Um, there was what, so I do think this bill is, um, in fact, a little bit. Uh, this this bill, the the Biden plan, is a little bit off. In fact, so I played some uh, Austin Ghouls before you, but I do. Let me make sure I get at least in this much. Uh, this is uh, Kristen Forbes. She was a member of the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee. They bring in people. She's an American. They bring in people from uh, the United States to participate on their, their policy committee to sort of get the best and brightest. She's currently a, a, a faculty member at MIT. Um, but she was on talking about uh, 
she was on uh, I can't remember which which station she was on I think she was actually here on Bloomberg uh, on uh, on Friday talking about the uh, about the stimulus bill uh, and she she called it basically just it's a little off the mark let's play let's play uh, Kristen Forrest please so there are arguments why there could be more stimulus needed, for example, uh, to provide more aid to states and local governments to help with the vaccine rollout and, and make, make sure we get the vaccine out to as many people as we can as quickly and efficiently as we can. But I am concerned about the discussion of the latest stimulus. Uh, anything near $2 trillion feels like a lot of money. Uh, markets have looked the other way is the U.S., which already had a large debt level, issued a lot more debt. It was able to finance that. But and we can hold more debt than in the past because interest rates are low. But debt is not free. We will have to pay some of this back. And this is a lot of money on top of what was already an unsustainable path for our debt. So, I mean, imagine the following scenario. Suppose the central bank of a country not don't it doesn't have to be the fed but of any country decided it wanted to massively expand its balance sheet now remember the balance sheet has to always be in balance first law of accounting so if it's going to expand its balance sheet it has to create liabilities which increase the money supply but it also has to have assets to buy now most central banks in their charter have a list of here's the stuff the central bank can put on this asset side and here's the stuff that it can't. So if all of a sudden you decide to massively expand the balance sheet and your charter says all you can buy with it are government securities, you need to find government securities to buy. And if you buy government securities which are the safest assets in your economy, you're buying them away from people that want to hold safe assets. Banks, insurance companies, uh, large corporations that are parking uh, liquidity temporarily while they wait to make some large purchase and so forth. You would be buying those away. And And if you do that enough, you're probably going to end up with people who want those safe assets so much they're actually willing to pay a premium for that. That's what negative interest rates are. If you chose to do that, if you chose to do that and just expand the balance sheet, you didn't have basically two choices or three choices. One, you can have negative interest rates. Two, you can change the charter to let the central bank buy lots more stuff. Or three, you can create a whole lot more government securities, right? hand them to the central bank, call them assets, and the central bank then electronically creates money for you to have, puts it in the treasury's deposit account at the central bank, and then you go use it to write check, maybe to write checks to people. Meaning, okay, using this monetarist arithmetic that I'm, I'm displaying for you right now, there isn't any real difference between, the cent- between what happened before, right, which was we sent checks to people, and at the same time we, we expanded the balance sheet of the central bank. Well, it just turns out that the extra bonds that, the, that had to be sold conveniently needed, needed a, had a place to go because the central bank needed those to expand its balance sheet. And they want to do those two things at the same time. Well, here's the thing. At some point, the central bank's going to decide it can't expand the balance sheet anymore because it's going to run into its inflation limit. And when it runs into that limit, it's going to look over at the, at the government and say, I'm sorry, I can't park any more of your bonds. And so now the central bank has, now the government, the treasury has to go to the public or to foreign, to foreign investors and say, would you buy my bonds? And that's when the interest rates go up. When people ask me, well, how much more can we spend? I mean, it's my God, they're spending more than $5 trillion on all this stimulus. If you add this 1.9 to the CARES Act and to, and to the December bill, if you add all that stuff up, you're going to end up, you're going to end up almost at $6 trillion of, of, of stimulus. 
right at this moment, six trillion is what's being decided. So here's here's the point I'm trying to make to you. It will be a combination of the Federal Reserve saying, I can't take another two trillion onto my books. It's not gonna work. And Congress, in particular the Senate saying, you know, um, you, we, there are things we want out of this, and we don't want to approve that. And by the way, you've given us a reason not to hear your, your, your stimulus bill because we have to deal with this, this impeachment article you sent over. So I expect there to be a lot of, lot of noise here. And again, I will say, let me make two points. One, my forecast does not assume that there's an additional stimulus bill. Two, and here's here's the key point that I needed to make. I actually believe the passage of that additional stimulus bill will on net be a negative. It will not show up immediately, by, but, but I believe in the third quarter, because you you will see reports about, I can't find workers. I got people who want to buy stuff, and I can't find workers, and they're going to have to, so you'll get wage inflation, which I know sounds good, but if it pushes through the price inflation, it might move interest rates a little bit quicker than otherwise. I think that's likely to happen. So I, I, I think that the passage of the, of, of the, if you pass a bill of the size that President-elect Biden proposes, I believe I would actually revise my growth rate down as opposed to most of the people on Wall Street who are saying they would revise their rate up. Just as there are a lot of people out there, like the Wall Street folks, like like even David Bonson, who I think is a really bright guy, who thinks the bigger threat is deflation right now, I do not. I do not. I think you ha- I think that that's the money that's gone into risk assets is going to at some point flow back into buying goods and services, and we'll see an old-fashioned inflation come around and i think we're within six to nine months of that maybe even sooner we'll be back after this one last one last moment of the forecast show here on the king banyan show on business 1440 business 1440 is kycr golden valley hi this is lee with the kingdom builders psalm 23 4 tells us Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We were talking briefly about caning the other day, a punishment that can quickly deter people from crimes. The Lord's staff, a tool of the shepherd, and the rod to correct behavior, both bring comfort to the psalmist. Kind of crazy. I sure do find it easy to appreciate when the Lord uses the staff to guide me, and, as a consequence, the other sheep that walk with me. It's a little less easy to appreciate the use of the rod, even though I know it is absolutely required to drive folly from a child of God. Isn't it strange that these two very different tools bring us closer to the very same comforter? If you have any comments about this or other scripture, feel free to contact me at lee at thekingdombuilders.com. That's L-E-E at thekingdombuilders.com. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. 
But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. Listen to the King Banyan Show Saturday mornings at 9, live on Business 1440. It's the latest economic news, trade information, updates on the jobs report, and much more. Join us this Saturday at 9 a.m. here on Business 1440. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. We were going to write something flashy about streaming us at Radio.com. But considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to Business 1440 at Radio.com. Welcome back. King Baggage Show, Business 1440. Ending the show today talking about the forecast and risks of the forecast. And uh, I think one of the risks is passage of massive stimulus bills. I think that's actually a risk that is a downside risk, not an upside risk. And and on that, I'm 100% disagreeing with a whole lot of people in uh, in Wall Street right now. I I, I just I, I I think it's a bad idea. Um, Austin Goolsby got asked about this on uh, this is the last cut uh, Wyatt number four um, that uh, got asked about this at the very end of his interview with Hugh Hewitt on the Hugh Hewitt show over on our sister station AM twelve eight the Patriot yesterday. Uh, Professor Goolsby, I hope you'll come back next week. We have to talk about the national debt. Will you just in twenty? 20- is it a problem? Do we have to address it? Uh, not, not at this moment. We're in the middle of World War II. You, you shouldn't be trying to fix that problem. That, that's the attitude of most folks right now, that you don't fix it now. We're in the middle of this. Well, the question is, when do you do that? And the, problem, and the answer is usually, uh, you know, at a, is usually it's dealt with in a crisis, and I think that's, uh, and I think that's the concern. So here's the here's the rest of the rest of the forecast. I do not consider in this forecast COVID to be a long-term risk. I believe everyone is focused on getting vaccines out and that people will take them. It will take some time. There will be bumps. Um, we're still going through another, I would argue, six to eight weeks where we probably will see one more flash of uh, increased infection rates. Um, we probably will see stories about uh, hiccups in the uh, vaccine distribution system. Uh, I've been critical of some of the, of some of the things are there, but slowly but surely it's getting out there. And I look at the data. I, I posted a graphic from our world in data and I looked at that and I said, well, you know what? Looks like it's getting out there, and it's getting out there about as fast as it is any place else that's remotely our size. And I don't want to be compared to Israel and Bahrain and the UAE because those are tiny places, and it's harder to distribute something in in a country the size of the United States than it is to distribute stuff in a country the size of Israel. Just is. I mean, I don't think don't need don't need a complicated analysis. No, here's the risk, and I. You folks know I do this show in part. I do economics so that I don't have to talk about politics. Um, And I don't have to talk about what happened on January 6th. But I I think here is, to relate to what Goolsby said, here is a point I think that's worth making. Tyler Cowen put this out in on Bloomberg's Bloomberg Opinion on Thursday, and I, I, I and and it's been floating around in my head for a while. You were shocked, I'm sure. At least, I, 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 now I'm sure. I don't b- believe that my listeners would be anything other than shocked by the images they saw on January 6th inside the Capitol. Some of you may may feel like, well, that anger is justified because we got we got screwed in November. Yeah, I don't want to have that. I'm not having that argument with you right now. Um, there's because um, th- that's a long conversation. We only got about three and a half minutes left of the show, so I can't get I can't get into that. I want to think about though what is the what is the impact of that imagery in other countries? And I believe the fact that 
in many other countries, they're going to look at that, whether rightly or wrongly, you might say it's the wrong image to have. But I think you could agree with me that other countries will look at that and people who are unhappy with their governments and say to themselves, you see, it came so close, even in the United States, it came close. They almost overthrew their government. What could we do? Because our government's not as strong as that one. I believe the, the, that the rest of the world takes a signal from that to say, you know, this is a time where you're going to see copycats. You're going to see other countries in which there's going to be increased pressure and in, uh, boiling over of this, uh, of this d- dissatisfaction with government, even anger in some cases. All right. I am not interested in having a discussion about whether that anger is justified. Okay, and I do believe as a Christian in such a thing as righteous anger. Okay, but that's not my point. My point is is simply we are in a world where political events, military events, are heightened and more violent than I think has been the case in the last 20 years. When those things happen, large swings in markets occur. There will be a flight to quality in some cases that will send money to the United States. And so you might see interest rates fall for a while as people get scared of something happening in in Hungary or in India or, uh, God, I hope not India. It's such a large place. Um or someplace in Africa. You might see flights to quality, or maybe maybe somewhere in, in, in South America. You might see that. But over time, those things cause investors to make reevaluations, reassessments of investments they've made. And I think back to the East Asia crisis, where everyone was convinced that East Asia was a growing place, and the East Asian tigers were, were taking over the world, and everything was going to be awesome. Until 1998, and then all of a sudden, one after another after another, crisis after crisis occurs. That's my concern. My concern is a, is a crisis precipitated in another country, not ours, in another country, but one that impacts our markets and eventually causes people to reassess our abilities to manage the national debt that we've just added $6 trillion to. That's my concern. We'll be talking about those. I'll be with you every week, uh, hopefully, to talk about that. Wyatt, thank you for your time today, and thank you also, all of you, for listening to this forecast edition of The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite Internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite Internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed, and you can have unlimited Internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the Internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is satellite Internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast Internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-430-8761. 800-430-8761. 800-430-8761. That's 800-430-8761. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, E-V-R, 
cleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. <laughs> 